Hey, welcome back to the This and That podcast with me, Sam, and Stephen. Today we will be talking about Delhi and trees and the four-day work week. Enjoy. So, our big news this week is going to be about the pollution problem in Delhi, which has hit an all-time high this weekend and has resulted in over 30 flights being diverted away from Delhi because the air is so shit. That's not good. It's not, it's not good enough. Another fun fact, <laughs> 5 million masks were handed out to school children. Just to, oh, just to, to everyone? No, just to children, man. All right. Fuck the old the adults. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and they closed all the schools because it was considered a public health emergency by the... Environmental Pollution Control Authority. So, none of that's good. Well, except the handing out the masks. Yeah, that's kind of nice. nice. But they have all been told to stay inside and not go outside. That is what staying inside means, to be fair. That's a fair description <laughs> of those words I just used. Stay inside. Can we go outside? <laughs> no. Afraid <laughs> <laughs> <Right> not. <laughs> but uh, essentially, the, the problem's got. Well, severe, because today the readings of the air qu- on the air quality index were at 483, which is in the severe category. Damn. Bear in mind that 0 to 50 is rated as good. And I think at some point they hit, like, 800 and something? Jesus. It's not oh, good. No, it's not good. So, what's been causing this, you ask? I hear you scream. <laughs> what's been causing this? <laughs> <laughs> well... A number of factors, as it always is. <laughs> you've got cars. You've got people. You've got rice. Oh my god. <laughs> that was awful. So can you tell us a little bit about what's actually causing this? Yes, so a study from Harvard University has put 50% of the blame into burning rice stubble. What, what does that actually mean? I hear you ask, what does that mean? <laughs> Glad you could hear me. So rice stubble, apparently, is the bits over of the rice crop after they've harvested all the nice rice. And it's just still there in the ground. And apparently what they want to do is now plant wheat where there was once rice. Oh, so they have a solution. Um, no, this is what they want oh, to do. Oh, this is why they're planning. But they it. want, yeah. But then the uh, rice stubble's in the way, because apparently it's too expensive to get rid of, so they just burn it. Man, things will change when the Fire Nation attacks. <laughs> <laughs> we lost hope, but then we found Aang. <laughs> he gave us wheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was like a routine thing. One of my questions was going to be, is this essential to burn the rice double? And I guess the answer is no. Um, well, it's what they've always done. But it's not oh, really. Yeah, it's not essential. So it's just due to the rising population that this is such a huge problem now. Mm, yeah, I think so. Why wasn't it a problem before? I mean, I know since twenty fourteen they've been rated as the most populated city, which is it's quite the record. <laughs> I think the compounding factors of increased population, increased density of cars. And also burning that sweet rice. Damn dense cars. Dense cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fucking people over. Yeah. 
But um, here's a fun fact for you. More than 2 million farmers burn 23 million tonnes of crop residue on some 80,000 square kilometres of farmland every year. Jesus Those Christ. are some numbers for you. That's some big numbers. I know, pretty rude, isn't it? I heard that as well. I read a thing and it was saying the city officials claim that they've lowered the pollution problem because they installed a metro line. Doubt. It's <laughs> <laughs> so honest. We're doing good things. Well, <laughs> We've, got, We've got trains. I did read somewhere that they got like a load of people to go around with radios and apparently the radio frequencies would disperse the pollution. No. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's like, just like... It's like hanging a like hoover in the air and being like, we'll suck it all out. <laughs> We'll sort it. Wait. <laughs> you wait and see. <laughs> Joe, he's got it. Get a message from the CIA. Where's your location? <laughs> wait right there. Yeah. But um, no, it's pretty bad. And um, apparently, yeah, it's easier to burn than get rid of the stubble to then produce wheat. Mm. So what um, long-term solutions are there? Because I know in the short term they're just hoping for... Like stormy weather, apparently, just to blow all the dust away. Big rains. Yeah. Um, other than doing the river dance. River dance? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bradley, we need you. <laughs> Kick away this dust, this plague of us. Do we play a bit of Michael Bradley at that point? No. <laughs> uh, so other, the rain dance. Other, other than doing the rain dance, um... Apparently they do have a solution, and it's that when they are um, putting... Uh, oh. Apparently they have a solution which are called happy cedars, and they're attached to tractors, and they help plant seeds um, in the fields without jamming um, the rice stubble from the previous crop. So there's a solution, but apparently it's too expensive. I was going to say, um, unfortunately, more from, expensive from like, than just burning. Yeah, burning's pretty cheap and free, whereas... So they need to subsidise it, essentially. Well, it's 130,000 rupees for these happy cedars, which essentially <laughs> solved the problem. And they're, to put that into context, that's yeah. 1,363 pounds. Oh. So it's pretty expensive. That doesn't sound like much. Yeah. Or is but... that per tractor? That's per tractor. That's, oh, I that's thought you per... meant just like in total. Well, no. like, well, this is really so <laughs> No, apparently... Um, so apparently they need 21,000 where there was only 2,150. Oh, so got some quick maths on that. What's the cost? Uh, I'm going to go with 15 oh, million. Is it? So again, that's not that much to solve the crisis of the most um, polluted city. To I mean, obviously it won't solve it because yeah. there are other problems. Like, their industry apparently is um, not good at doing the air, yeah. air any favour. But like I said, Harvard said that nearly half of the air pollution comes from stubble burning and then more than 40,000 premature deaths in 2011 were due to air pollution arising from crop burning. Christ. So, I don't know. There's some rocky numbers That's to throw good. around. But yeah. God. It's not good, but... That's um, like the harsh reality of it, really. Yeah, so... I'm just thinking, oh, that's horrible to live in. Sounds horrible, uh, but the reality is people die. Yeah. But should they ban this? Should they just ban the crop burning? I mean, if people are dying, ban it, subsidise the solution. Like, it's a lot of money, but it's not an unthinkable Mm. amount of money. This is, again, we were talking about why does, um, you know, United Nations and stuff. This is the kind of, like, non-conflict thing they could help out with. 
Yeah. So, right, it's not going in with an army or anything like that. It's just like, hey, <laughs> stop burning the crops. <laughs> no. <laughs> here's here's money for you know farming. <laughs> just a nice little thing. You bastard. Just a gift. <laughs> just a UN gift. <laughs> Take it to my son. From the UN priests. <laughs> Alright, so there's a solution. No, no. Is there any chance that it will be, you know, distributed, applied? Um, unsure. It's not... This is the thing. It's been known as an issue for a long time. Yeah. Like I said, the last... That was in 2011. So... Oh, so almost seven, a decade. Yeah, really. eight years have passed where this, you know... Yeah. It's been going on pretty substantially. So maybe, maybe not. Um mm. I mean, where do you draw the line between the poor getting money, obviously, working in the fields, then find this problem and the find the solution which is the cheapest for them, then having to force mm. them to pay more? That's why I'm Where's saying the, line? the government should pay for it. Like, because the farmers aren't going to do it, are they? Like, No, but the government doesn't seem to be wanting to do it anyway. Oof. Well, I guess there isn't a solution. Uh. Unless I don't know if you read any other ones, or is that it? Really? No, I'm just I'm just wondering, you know, what's because to solve the other ones like the overpopulation and the car problem, like the public transport, we joked about it before. But yeah, the metro line would be good, like a proper good one. But how well. much did that metro line cost? Did that tr- did that cost around fifteen million? I don't know. If it did, at least a few rupees. I'll tell you that. Just one or two. A couple. <laughs> but I guess it brings it onto a question about you know farming in developing countries and in all countries does the sustainability kind of now peak with actually producing the crop as top priority for farmers and government it's just wherever the money is really isn't it well so the farmers want the money like it's competitive yeah so they're going to follow what gets them money understandably but should they I'll counter your question. Should they be held accountable for stuff like this when what they're doing is just harming people? Now I'll counter your question oh, with another question. <laughs> if it if it's not harming them and it's harming others, should the government immediately respond? Yes. Well then. Thanks for coming to our TED talk. <laughs> it's innocent people. So you think the government should stop it immediately? Yeah. That's a fair assumption, I completely agree. I know agree. it's not easy, because you don't want to just put a halt on your main food source, but uh, something should be done. Most certainly. Because the average civilian can't do anything about it, even like the old farmer can't. It needs to be from the top. Like with climate change stuff. Mm. I would agree to a subsidised access to these happy cedars, or a, another substitute. Yeah. That would seem to be the best policy in terms of at least reducing and removing the burning of rice stubble. Yeah. I would also then make it illegal. Yeah, I think so. After the fact, might have. What? Like go back into it? No, 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 no. I mean, like after giving everyone the, the happy cedars. Or would you just do it straight away, get it stopped? Um, you could introduce a licensing scheme that means when you have a happy cedar you are no longer allowed to burn um, rice stubble but you are allocated a rice a happy cedar instead of you have to request one to stop people from just wanting to from not buying one yeah to keep burning because it's just easier 
Mm. That would be the easy. That would be one thing. Or implement it in summer when they're actually doing the wheat instead of the rice, so nobody can miss out. Like, so if they, uh, can, yeah, they, they so can do it within. It. They can do it within the rotation. There'll hopefully be no need to actually burn any. Got it, yeah. Rice. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it seems like a fairly like straightforward situation. It's just whether they want to actually do anything about it. Yeah. Or oh, well, to, to be fair, I mean, it's a lot of people. It's two million farmers. Jesus. So two million. Two million farmers burning twenty-three million tons of crop. Christ. Over it's eighty thousand square kilometers. Big numbers. I know I already heard them earlier, but it's still just blowing my poor little mind. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, if you listeners at home have got any ideas that are better than ours, because... Yeah, if you have your own little rice paddies at home and you know how to get away again... <laughs> You're a happy CD yourself. <laughs> yeah. Send us in how you're saving the world. And speaking of our next topic, the uplifting one, we're going to talk about trees. Okay, so now we're going to be talking about hashtag Team Trees. Yeah. And their initiative to get trees in the ground. Yeah, so it all started with YouTuber Mr. Beast, or Jimmy Donaldson, I think is his real name. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Do you not know Jimmy? No, I don't really watch YouTube much. I'm not, man. He's, he's a good friend of the pod. Yeah? Yeah. You want to call him up? He's one of our regular listeners. Mm. One of uh, our gang. <laughs> five. Don't tell them. <laughs> it's more than five. Squarespace are listening. You're out there. Dollar Shave Club, please. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, should we refer to him as Mr. Beast or Jimmy? Um, we'll call it by his YouTube handle, so if Mr. anybody Beast. wants to check him out, Mr. Beast. Alright. So he was coming up to 20 million subscribers. And A big feat. Yeah, it is actually. That's Very well. That's something many have done. I think yeah. fewer than ten, I would say. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, for like independent ones. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean the big. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean like even like, like... YouTube's own account. KSI, who's meant to be like one of the biggest English I mean, YouTubers. Biggest I don't think he has 20 million. Anyway, <laughs> away from <laughs> guessing subscriber counts, um, his fans basically dared him to start this campaign to get 20 million trees planted for the 20 million subscriber milestone. And he was like, watch this space, baby. <laughs> and he's getting it done. Um, so they've got, their goal is 20 million trees to be planted all around the world. And they're gonna try and get the donations for that sorted by the end of 2019. And it costs $1 per tree. And I don't know when, did, do you know when it started recruiting? Um, this this year at some point, but he has a video up on his YouTube account saying planting twenty million trees, my biggest project ever. Yeah, which kind of sounds like the starting gun. Yeah, that was a week ago. Was it that recent? Yeah, oh, um, God, we're on it on this news podcast. Aren't we? <laughs> he has twenty five million subscribers now as well, so his subscribers have gone up like quite a lot. So loads of people have started donating. With lots of famous <coughs> people trying to one up each other, doing like. I'll do 100,000 trees, yeah. which he did first, and he was like, someone take my spot. Yeah. And someone did 100,001, <laughs> he did 100,002, it was like, I bet you can't do it again. And then at some point, Elon Musk just waded in and was like, a million. <laughs> Double it. 
Um, Those are some rookie numbers. You got to pump them up. Yeah, and then Toby Lutke. Yes, a Canadian billionaire that owns Shopify. Which at first I was like Spotify. No, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he went for a million one. So he just like pushed little Elon out of the way (laughs) by one tree. And then uh, CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, was like, "I'll put in a hundred. 125,000 and then the next day was like you know what I'll do another 200,000 yeah. <laughs> want us to be do it again so there's some there's some rich guys flopping their money about yeah it seems pretty pretty cool a lot of like CEOs like YouTube CEO did it as well yeah, yeah. obviously Jack Dorsey CEO of Twitter Elon Musk um, big big yeah some people. big players it's cool at the moment I think they're around just under 12 and a half million trees yeah so they're well past halfway. Yeah, I think they'll do it. They've got I think months and months. Yeah, I think they're some stretch goals gonna slap there. it. Yeah, but yeah, they need to um, stretch that bad boy out because approximately in the world. Oh, here's the uh, the sad truth, by the way, guys. Nah, because twenty million trees is obviously it's really good. <sighs> yeah, and it sounds like a lot because twenty million is a lot of trees. Yeah, it's a lot of anything. We're still about pennies. Then it's like. Still a lot of pennies. It's like same number of pennies. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but you only have two hundred thousand quid. Only. Oh, do you have two million? Oh my god! I'm gonna level you on a bit of a retard. No, it's two hundred thousand. But um, there are about three point zero four trillion trees. You got the percentage for how much two million? Yeah, it was like not point not 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 six five percent. Like so, as good as twenty million sounds. And it's still a great thing to be doing. Yeah, it's an amazing thing to be doing. But you think this needs to become an annual thing if it's going to make a difference. Because if it's less than a tenth of a percent, um, it's it's sort of just like a nice nice thought. Which is sad because it's been backed by so many people. Yeah. But um, maybe it takes something like this to, you know, trip the big boys at play, the governments, the billionaires to... To crack on... Yeah, I mean, just to put it in perspective, through our research, which is very intensive, mm-hmm. um, the lowest estimate I found for deforestation per year was 3.5 billion trees. Yeah. Which, again, doesn't really put a dent in the 20 million. That. And that's why you, you think, like, first you need to stop that. Yeah, you need to cut down on that to then... Because, obviously, like, natural kind of tree regeneration and propagation will kind of help as well. Yeah, yeah. New trees coming in. If they're in. left alone as well, they'll start. Yeah, exactly. But then twi- these are like, it's like an injection, I guess. But mm. It's just to be aware that like, even though this is something really good and it's raising awareness. I think the awareness is the most powerful part of it. Definitely. And, um, but yeah. I did see as well, as um, I think it was a Harvard report again. Oh, we're all about Harvard today, aren't we? We only use the most reputable of sources. Yeah, it's Harvard and The Guardian. Um, they reckon that planting billions of trees is actually still the cheapest way to solve the CO2 crisis. Yep. And there are websites you can go to to donate money towards planting trees where it's only 30 cents per tree. Damn. So they're undercutting. Yeah. Least. <laughs> but, you know, dollar, Who knows? still not very much. Um, and I think his, his target's pretty cool. He wants to plant... A whole new set of forests yeah. in every continent but Antarctica, which is pretty cool, on public and private lands all over the place. That sounds amazing to me. Yeah, I think it's it's still a really good thing. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, if you've got to cut the cut the cutting. Yeah, I mean, I've got a stat here. If tropical deforestation were a country, um, it would be it'd rank third in carbon dioxide equivalent emissions. Damn. Behind the US, US. of A. Mm-hmm. And big China. Yeah, I thought of the US too. The big boys that are just pumping out all those gases. Yeah. Making shit. Uh, could they not? Just stop. stop. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we're in agreement there. Yeah. The USA and China got to stop. Stop cutting trees, stop making shit, stop pumping stuff out into fields and shit. Mm. Just plant trees. Yeah. Be happy. And essentially, I, I was trying to, apart from the obvious of why plant trees, I was looking up why plant trees. <laughs> and so the obvious ones were just like, Sucks in CO2, puts mm. out O2, all good stuff for the atmosphere. Also gives you shade and shelter for lots of habitats. 100%. Cuts um, extinction rates, hopefully. And Absolutely. one that I didn't think of is stabilises soil so that erosion cuts down a load. So if you've got that along places at risk for like sea erosion or yeah. wind erosion, anything like that, the good stuff. I know they're also great at slowing down um, water. So areas that have high deforestation and yeah. high waterfall started experiencing higher flood rates. Yeah, because they catch the water, take it in, yeah. bring it up, yeah. So areas would then be maybe safer. Yeah. Yeah, so all well, in all. 80% of all of our species, land species, live in forests. So deforestation is basically taking a big old swipe of project. Yeah, huge swipe at the tree project. Um, so yeah, that's all that really. Yeah. They're doing a good thing, but it's not enough yet, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Donate a bit, even if it's just a dollar. God, this we, was, can, we can all afford a dollar. This is a big, big link back to the first episode with the bees. It's yeah. good, but it's not, not enough. enough. But it'd be quite yeah, it, cool it's to... It's never enough, If you were 50 it? years from now and you're like, oh, all these trees have grown now, you'd be like, one of them is mine. Yeah. Or maybe, ten, or a million. Maybe it's that one. Elon yeah. Musk walking through his own private garden. <laughs> I wonder whose are these? <laughs> this tree's going to be a rocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk with the first tree on Mars. <laughs> I reckon that'll wrap us up for this one. That sounds beautiful to me. Cool. Alright, our final story today, as always, is some news from around the world. And today we've got... It's a small story, but it leads us on to a bigger topic. And it's essentially that Microsoft Japan have initiated a three-day weekend where you work four days and you get Friday off, but it's paid for. Cool. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. And so far, they've seen what they estimate a boost in productivity by 40%. And... Damn. Yeah. Which, in turn, has resulted in 58% less printing, which is a huge reduction. Classic Friday printing? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know know what they're going to do on Friday. Massive queues at the printer. They're just like, fuck, not again. But it's also saving the money because they've reduced people taking days off every month by a quarter, which is just damn damn fine. That's great. If you ask me. So do they work the same amount of hours in the four days a week? Yeah, they still have a normal four days. I don't know what normal days for them is. I think in Japan they work pretty long hours. But it's not compressed hours. No, no, it's the same... Same length of days. They just get Friday off. Yeah. Paid. Oh, that's cool. Um, so the idea is they'll be more motivated and happy to work faster, better, stronger. And also they've taken, they've tried to streamline the business. And I was going to ask you if you ever experienced this, because I think you did. 
Um, they reckon a big part of the productivity boost is due to cutting out pointless meetings, shortening them and digitalising them so that people aren't travelling to meetings all the time. When yeah. you worked for your secret agency. My, my mystery company. Yeah. MI5? MI6? Greg? Am I high? Wish. But um, no, definitely digitalization was a massive part. Um, we were quite innovative, innovative yeah. when it came to online meetings, speaking over the phone, having those kind of meetings. Did you have a lot of points meetings though when you thought, like, what am I doing? Um, well, not really. Sometimes. The kind of meetings I was working on. Um, the kind of meetings that made you want to print. 58% more. <laughs> Rage printer. Oh. <laughs> pictures of cast to make me feel less depressed. No, um, because of the work I was doing, um, we were kind of leading the project. So we were making the meetings that people didn't want to go oh. to. <laughs> You're the reason the earth. <laughs> yeah. It was you. <laughs> Who would have thought it was me all along? <laughs> all right. Uh, but um, no. Definitely, I can see the benefit of having an extra Friday off because Fridays were slow. Mm. Um, people have them off anyway. Kind of, the work gets really slowed down. Sometimes you're not even doing anything. Really yeah, I, when I did my work experience, but everyone just went home on Friday at two anyway, yeah. and not much got done. Especially like after lunch, it was like we finished lunch at one. It's got an hour just like dicking about. Like, yeah, stapling. I like, think it's, it's that mindset. It's the energy. <laughs> Better print this. <laughs> but it's that mindset, isn't it? It's the end of the week. It's already over. No, mm. one, no one cares. No one's caring. Should I start a new job? Nah. nah I don't think so. No. <laughs> You're not going to finish it before Monday anyway. Yeah. So what's the point? Just, what's the point? Just chill. Um, shockingly, 92.1% of employees liked the extra day off that was paid. What? 8% of people are going, I wish to work I, more. I don't know. Maybe they don't like their families very much. Yeah. Like, be home just there, like, please. Please, I hate them work. all. But, um, Imagine going to work, just like, see ya, honey. Just like, drive straight to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> this is huge in Japan especially, because yeah. they have a real problem with job satisfaction. They actually mm. have the worst of any country for employee job satisfaction. Which unfortunately has led to people attempting and committing suicide due to just hating the amount they work. Yeah, um, I think East Asia has a real problem with this kind of overwork ethic, mm. where they'll work extremely long hours. And in fact, in Japanese, there is a word for this, karoshi, which is translated literally as overwork death. Um, it's pretty dark. Yeah, it's yeah. legitimately working yourself to death. And I've seen like stories where offices would then like turn their lights out at a certain time to force people to go home, and like cause they couldn't work in the dark. Christ. And like it's pretty bad. Yeah. But I know it's it's kind of um, a problem problem across East Asia, and I don't know if that's stemmed from kind of a strong societal ethic of work hard, continue the to best. work hard you know, outwork everyone. And yeah. it's like, well, that's not really a good source of happiness. It's no. A good source no. of work ethic, but yeah, what's it's the not point the of working? Important thing, is it? No, really? not not at all. Um the we hope that this will kick start a better movement. But as always there's the skeptical flip side of this where it's not all quite as good as it seems. So, at the moment, this change is only actually being given to 2,300 employees. Um, sort of like a trial run. Yeah. But I'd imagine that would grow, given they're reporting all the success from it. 
Yeah, I guess it depends what they're doing as well, though, because it would be quite easy to do that in kind of a non-customer-facing office environment where, you know, when work has to be done... Oh, yeah, you can't just do that with, like, waiters or something. Yeah, can you imagine just, like, going into a restaurant on a Friday, it's like, where the fuck is everyone? (laughs) This is just like, (laughs) I just don't have four-day weeks. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the weekends. (laughs) Where is everyone? Yeah, which actually... So I looked up if anyone's doing this in Europe. Yep. And yes and no. Hit me with some places. I'm going to guess Scandinavia. Uh, well, I didn't actually see anything about that. Fuck me, right? I know, right? <laughs> I thought it would pop up straight away, but, you know, it didn't. Um, France, 20 years ago, initiated a 36-hour week thing, which is still uh, criticised. They're not sure if it's working or not yet. Yeah. Um, Netherlands apparently the average working week is 29 hours mm-hmm. and that includes part time people but even so that's yeah that's pretty so good I think 30 would be about right for people's that'd happiness be quite, yeah that'd be quite nice you'd have a lot of time to yourself yeah um, but it's still enough that you're you're filling your time you, you can you know you've got your career as yeah. a goal you know if you want to do more you can yeah but, definitely um, especially with like your own business and that kind of mm-hmm. thing that's all up to you um, some Businesses tried it in the UK, actually. Yep. Um, about half of those that were surveyed reported a higher life satisfaction, sickness days reduced again, so if people just suddenly not getting ill. Yeah. Which, actually, it might be true because of stress, or do you think it's just they don't feel the need to pull a sickie? I honestly, I, I honestly think that um, absenteeism, as it's called in the biz, in the biz. From, from my managing days... Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it just comes from not wanting to go to work. Yeah. I think, you know, genuinely people do get ill and that's fine. But I do think the vast majority of those days that are taken off are kind of... Tired. Yeah, they're given that extra push by the fact that you don't really want to be there. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got a little sniffle, you've got a little cough, you're kind of struggling to get out of bed. Excuse, isn't it? Yeah, it gives you that extra... You could work. Yeah, you could push yourself. Yeah. But... You don't want to. No. Whereas, I guess, if you're not working as long, you have more time to yourself, you kind of realise that... Mad, you want to go to work. <laughs> yeah, if you enjoy... If you have higher job satisfaction because the job itself isn't so overbearing on your own yeah. life, then, you know, may, maybe you do think, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. I did, I did it before when I was like, oh, I'm feeling a bit rough, but I kind of realised my job was... Yeah. Half decent, and it's like, ah, oh, you know what, That's actually. Good. Yeah. I can, I can keep going a little bit. Fair enough. And then I had my appendix out, which <laughs> I tried to work from the operating theatre, but they kept saying no. Let me work. My country needs me. Yeah. I must solve Brexit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they also reported savings of altogether up to £92 billion each year. Jesus. Yeah. Where have they stashed that? I know. On the extra Friday. <laughs> it seems crazy. But then, again, this was only half of those surveys. Yeah. The other half, a lot of them have reverted back to five-day weeks. Partly because it was hard to organise, which you might think, oh, you just give people Friday off. Yeah. But it's actually, they were trying to do a balancing act of giving half the workers Friday off and half the workers Monday off. So they were still actually functioning mm. five days a week. And the other one was that I think some of them were just losing their competitive edge. Because I guess if it doesn't work to be able to be more productive all the time, mm. then, you know, your rival's going to get ahead of you. But I don't understand how that stack, stacks up with 
the increase in productivity? So I can kind of understand the logistical problems of doing it in certain roles. Like you say, if you don't do it right and you're just leaving someday and you have to obviously accommodate certain people's yeah. working week anyway. Um, if you leave gaps in your business that say somebody asks for a quote on a Monday but you have nobody on a Monday, they also might quote some other people. Yeah. And if they get back to you faster... Yeah, so you're just being open. Yeah. So I can see some of the logistics. But again... You have to work with those issues anyway in with employees. So it's kind of a... Not saying like they didn't put the heart into it, but it probably felt like... And oh, it's just a trial for trial's yeah, sake. Maybe, maybe they've just seen it. They've kind of thought, this sounds okay. Let's kind of put it into yeah. practice. And then found the logistics. They haven't really planned ahead. Instead of trying to solve it, yeah. they were like, oh, this isn't working. Yeah, maybe they didn't plan ahead for the logistical problems. They planned, got the problems, then had to backtrack as the solution instead of planning ahead mm. understanding the potential problems and then putting the mitigation in place yeah. to then then they can easily move maneuver around additional problems um, I think it's worth it though I think I've it's been good. saying for a while I think people just the idea of everyone working five days a week for the majority of their lives is it's just shit really it's not what anybody wants to do unless no. I don't know you're a sportsman or yeah. kind of in those roles well, that it's your own business I kind of get it more it's, but. yeah a little bit but apparently by a report we love a report commissioned mm-hmm. by the Labour Party it said that working a four day week is better uh, materially and spiritually for your well being yeah which is good but then it's they also satisfaction, yeah, yeah they also went on to say that it's unrealistic mm. working four days uh, so without, small without loss of pay. So at the moment, with how things are yeah, built. I think I think it's more of a societal change and a yeah. mentality shift that's needed. Um, but these early figures of kind of like um, productivity going up and stuff. It's one of those where it's easier on the small scale, like with two thousand three hundred employees, not yeah. a whole seventy million population yeah, country yeah, at definitely. once. But I think where you can do it, even if it's like every other week. Yeah. Something like that. Find the middle ground yeah. to get there, I think. I mean, it's pretty crazy considering, you know, in the Industrial Revolution, people would work 16-hour days. Yeah. And now we say, like, 36 hours a week is potentially too long. Like, So we're definitely on a, you know, good course. The right track. Yeah. I think maybe we're just realising that putting hours in... I think this is something I've seen quite a lot on, that putting hours in doesn't always mean the best result. No. It's that whole thing of good practice. Like yeah. if you're doing sport, it's better to do one hour of concentrating than just four hours of, you know. It's like anything. If you're not putting your mind to it, you're not going to do it well. No, exactly. And it's like doing. And you're a not going to do it quickly. Yeah. Do a job well first. You have to do it a second time. Mm. But. Work yeah. smart, not hard. Exactly. That's the that's the mantra. Yeah. Um. Got anything else on that? Is that about wrap it up for you? Um, that pretty much wraps it up. Kind of just... I'm a big fan of it, essentially. I'd really like to see it. You just don't want to work, more. do you? No, I just think it's I've, life should be about being happy. And I like working, but you don't want your life to be work. That's very true. <laughs> you know what? You've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Well done, you. Cheeky bugger. <laughs> Bloody diabolical. <laughs> <laughs>
straight into the riff. That part where we uh, abandon our notes and just take kick a walk back, along our minds. Kick back, relax, hold our brains in hand. And talk about Fan of the Week. Fan of the Week. And we've actually got two. Do we save one for next week? So we've got... You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll save one for next week. All right. So this week's Fan of the Week is... Hannah Davenport. Ah. Uh... <laughs> she finally shared it. Um, she's given us <laughs> feedback a whole bunch of times, though. Pretty much every week. Oh, that's nice. And, uh, yeah. Cheers, Anne. Oh, thank you, Hannah. Yeah. We'll be back next week for the next Ooh. Fan of the Week. Who will be Fan of the Week? Think they know who they are. <laughs> they could be upstaged. <laughs> we get some good replies from this week. <laughs> yeah, you never know. It could be your name. Shout it on the pod. <laughs> to both the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> to both fans of the week, <laughs> but no. What uh, other, what's what are we riffing about today? What's the first well, item on? I think for the last time, and this time in a sad tone, we need to talk about the Rugby World Cup. The last time we'll talk about an oval ball being thrown by large men. <sighs> Just the South African ones were too large. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good game. Uh, I, made a, I made a big bacon buddy for it. Yeah, the bacon helped me out. I'm not going to lie. England played shit. Yeah, at the end of the day. Better in the second half, which is odd because they conceded more in the second half, but I thought they definitely stepped it up. Like, they actually looked like they were yeah, capable potentially. of stringing some sort of attack together. It was just that It was just that drive, really. That was the like, only drive they had. They had a single, like, long drive. They had one each half, essentially, didn't they? I can't even remember one in the first half. It was, like, camped on the try line with all the forwards. Wasn't that the second half? No, it was probably first half, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Which isn't good, though. No, it's not good. And you just smacked the All Blacks out of the competition. <laughs> and then you just come along with some springbocky boys. And they just go, nah. And then they just beat you and parade around in the budgie smugglers holding the World <laughs> Cup. Nah, South Africa played very well. They played their own game. They did. They really controlled they the game. They recognised what they had. Which was banging defence and a good kicker. And, and, a, little, and a little boy. A little faffy boy <laughs> bouncing around. <laughs> his golden locks. He's got the strength of like man. a man twice his size. Loved being offside though. Oh yeah. Several offsides. Didn't get called though. No. Nah. And England gave away so many penalties. That was a lot. Nah, Engl- that was it really, the penalties was the They were the, the killer. kicker. Yeah. Oh, can we? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um Congrats to South Africa. Yeah. They deserve it. They, they still have to go out and Thoroughly win the game. It. They were the most certainly the better team. Yeah. Um, and that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. It is. I still Ugh. can't stop myself thinking that if Harry Kane had squared it to Raheem Sterling, he would have won. <laughs> <laughs> you melon, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares about your golden boots. <laughs> one of those was Loftus Cheek's goal anyway. Keep off his heel. <laughs> But, um, no, that's the last time we'll mention the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. But with a smile. You never know if the pod's still around in four years. Oh, bloody hell. Can you imagine? It's coming home. Yeah. We'll be there in France. Oh, I'd like to be. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. We'll do some live pods, get the players on. Oh. I could try and get, like, a Georgian player on. That'd be funny. (laughs) A large Georgian scrum. Um, Yeah. Uh, You also had other sport you wanted to talk about, I think, recent. Today. (laughs) <laughs> just wait for it to give it some dead room so you can go 
Yeah, so literally just today, Lewis Hamilton won his sixth world title in Formula One. I know we've got a lot of Formula One fans listening. And give, Sam's Sam's very Sam's very excited. I can almost hear someone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I recognise it's a big nice. achievement to win six world titles in anything. Yeah, it's made so. him the second most successful in terms of world titles ever. And he's only 32, 33. How long, how long do they normally get on for, drivers? He could go on for another four years. Really? Four years? At the top. Lewis Hamilton could, 100%. Well, as he's six, he's just won it. So you think, oh, he's still at his best. Lewis Hamilton has been good this season. The only thing is, Ferrari got better. Um, who drives for them? Uh, so you have Sebastian Vettel, who is a five times world champion, who... I can hear our listeners dropping off right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sebastian Vettel made a lot of mistakes in the last few seasons, and he should have picked up a lot more points and made it a lot more competitive. Right. Then you've got Charles Leclerc, who is no, a... Well, he's 20 years old, I think, and he's a new driver, but he's done very well. At the moment, I think he's outscored Vettel in the championship, which wasn't expected to. I wasn't expecting that. Nobody was expecting it, Sam. <laughs> Not even he. <laughs> Not even I. No. But then... Um, Charles, look at yeah. <laughs> Charles, you're here! <laughs> that <love> me. <laughs> but yeah, the other teams, Red Bull's the only main competitor. Um, yeah. And they did okay. Verstappen's an up-and-coming um, kind of... Fella. Well, it, he's kind of established already since he's been racing for the last couple of years. Mm. But now he's kind of in the big leagues. He's winning races. He's right. winning poles. So I think next year will be a big... Um, it's going to be a bit more competitive. Yeah, because there's also some changes to the cars. Yeah. So some technical changes where it's to do with the aerodynamics. Ooh. And the idea is that instead of having air from the lead car push... Sam's died. He <laughs> actually died of boredom. I just don't care. He's dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Somebody fetching an aerodynamic leave a space lamp. Let's move on. Well done, Lewis. <laughs> We're all very proud of you. Well done. If you like Formula 1, listen in. If you want to know about the changes, DM yes. the pod. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone complains that this getting cut short, message us. Yeah. Um, uh, what else have you got? What else have we done? Well, uh, one thing I spotted in the news that snuck out. Yeah. We talked about Jack Dorsey Hashtag earlier. spotted. <laughs> spotted? <laughs> um, CEO of Twitter. Yeah, yeah. He recently made changes, so he's disallowed any politi- political advertising on Twitter. He has indeed. Which I think that's a good move. He's, he's pretty good because Twitter was kind of uh, panned for its handling of like Russian accounts. It really and was. And it, it was twist. almost criticised for being too liberal with, with some people as well. Yeah. Like censoring some and not others. Yeah. But I don't mind that shit. That's, <laughs> that's the good kind of bad shit. No, you shouldn't be biased. Ah, no, but it's too hard. Not if you're controlling them. Yeah, if you're, if you're like yeah, if you're like if you're in control, then maybe not. But yeah. um, no, it's it's good. Do you think Facebook will follow suit? No, Facebook haven't. Facebook Facebook said they wouldn't remove false posts about Joe Biden because they didn't want to get involved. Essentially, I think that was their point. Like, if, if they don't send, if they don't choose what to put on, then everyone's free. Yeah, but as um, soon as you start censoring, where do yeah. you join the line? So, yeah, it's just like, obviously Twitter have taken this stand against it this particular way by getting rid of all particular, like, ads, so they're not favouring yeah. anyone. 
I think that's well, Facebook has essentially opened the door and said we'll allow pretty much anything as long as it doesn't violate the guidelines. It's, it's interesting. How do you where, where do you stop the line like yeah. endorsements like? But these these platforms want to be where people go for news. So obviously, Twitter's kind of taken an approach where they don't want to be mired by kind of the problems that come with that. Yeah. So then they seem maybe more reliably, whereas Facebook are more happy to have all the information available to everyone to be seen as a place where you can get the information you want, hmm. which isn't always very good if you're seeking information. and it's like confirmation bias. Yeah, you're seeking evidence to support something, and then on the internet you will find evidence to yeah. support what you're thinking. Hmm. But that's an, that's an interesting one. I like yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I support it. Good on Jack Dorsey. I don't know what else you do, apart from plant trees twice but yeah i don't know what like a ceo of like twitter would do he's probably a pretty busy man yeah no 100 <laughs> like but he's not there like working on the fucking code Coding, is he no he's probably just doing a lot of like pr work i guess and kind of working he with... gets about at the moment on podcasts and that kind of thing is he yeah he did a couple of joe rogan ones oh nice remember when elon musk went on joe rogan and, yeah, and then got fired yeah <laughs> Smoking a joint, <laughs> smoked a joint and talked some shit and just got fired. Yes, yeah, so if you you can go to the timeline of when he was on it and just watch the Tesla stock falling throughout the interview, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I don't think he really cares. Though, I'll be honest. Nah, that man's absolutely bonkers. King of his own world. Apparently, he works a hundred hour weeks. It doesn't surprise me. Like he's not happy. <laughs> I, I feel bad for him. He's just like a bit of a robot kind of guy, like. Just Work, 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 work. I feel like he just kind of like, he he's one of those guys that just like, oh, I've got this idea, now I'm going to do this, now I'm doing this, mm. but never really finishes well, anything. He described his mind as a hurricane of ideas. Jesus. <laughs> he said he can barely sleep at night. Man needs help. Yeah, I know. He's hurricane chill. of ideas. Yeah. God. I mean, he is one smart fucking cookie. Yeah, he's got stuff done as well. Yeah. But he needs to get stuff done, like. Mm. Yeah, he's South African. Yes, maybe I did. He I did actually. World Cup. <laughs> maybe he loved every maybe second. He took a couple of hours off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reckon that'll do us for today. Yeah, it sounds like we're pretty much done and dusted here. Much wrapped up. Um, as always, if you would do us the honour of following us on social media, that's this and that pod at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. If you want, I don't think anyone. Yeah, I think the Snapchat's pretty low Snapchat's at the moment. Feeling but... pretty sad for itself, but that's well, fine. Definitely follow us on Twitter. Facebook Instagram's and Instagram. Instagram's a top one. Instagram's a good one because you might actually see our studio. Yeah. Which is always nice. We're trying Again, to add better every week. Yeah, we're trying to add things to it every week. Yeah. And um, yeah, but that's about it. All right. Do follow us. Give us a share. See you next Monday. Really helps. See you next week. Have a good weekend, San Diego. <laughs> it's not the end of the pod. <laughs>